0: Fighting back the hay fever symptoms, welcome to Handle pod gentlemen boys and girls welcome to episode 363 i think of hand of pod um i'm sam kelly if you hear me sneeze uh this evening then it's because my hay fever medication is just isn't having any effects this spring just had to take two in the space of about an hour and a half when they're supposed to be one every 24 hours um but I, i i can feel my eyes again now i don't want to tear them out to stop them itching um, so welcome to Hand of Pod. I'm joined by Andres. Hello, welcome. Welcome back, Andres. Um, we will begin very quickly with a quick rundown of the timetable for this week and next week on Hand of Pod. Because Andres and I are about to record two episodes. Uh, you will remember, if you're regular listeners and you remember things, um, that I'm going on holiday on Sunday. And you will possibly be aware that a week on Saturday is the Libertadores final. Now, we can't very well not have anything up as a preview for an Argentine side in the continent's biggest Continental Cup, although we did completely forget to preview the Sudamericana final last week. Uh, We'll we'll review it in a few minutes. Um, So, Andres and I are going to record episode 363, which is this episode, and then immediately afterwards we're going to record episode 364, and I hope, I'm keeping my fingers crossed... um, that I'm going to be able to upload that to SoundCloud now, but delay the publication of it, so schedule the publication. I think I can do that, but we'll find out. Um, in which case, you will get that sometime next week. But there won't be a post, of course, on handofpod.wordpress.com to publicise it. I will try and remember to tweet it, because I'll have Twitter on my mobile phone, but I'm not taking my computer with me. Um, so that's happening. We are also about to record two Hand extra episodes. If you would like to hear those, of course, you can go to patreon.com slash handofpod, and you can sign up to become a supporter for as little as $2 a month or as much, if you really want to sponsor the show, as $100 a month. And speaking of sponsors, we're sponsored by Fanatis, with whom, if you're in the United States of America, you can watch the upcoming Libertadores final. You can also watch the Superliga, the Copa Argentina, of which the semifinals are currently being played. The first of them is being played right now as we speak. The next one is in a few hours' time. Um, ...and the Copa Superliga later on in the season. You can get 20% off your first three months with Fanatis... ...by going to fntz.co slash h-o-p... ...and using the discount code HOPFZ. Live Libertadores for those in the United States... ...and for everybody around the world... ...live and on demand Superliga Copa Argentina... ...and Copa Superliga... ...as well as various other competitions um, in both packages... Right then, the weekend just gone. Uh, It was a weekend, first of all, which saw, as we said, the Copa Copa Superliga, Copa Sudamericana final, which was Colón's first ever appearance in international competition. Um, And which, well, it didn't go that well for Colón, did it? No,
1: not first ever, but uh, it was
0: first final. Sorry, that's what I meant to say, yes. The first ever appearance in an international final is is what I should have said. Thank you. Um, Independiente del Valle... Were the pre-match favourites in spite of the fact that Colon took nearly forty thousand fans and Independiente del Valle, according to the Paraguayan immigration accounts, uh, immigration um, department's Twitter page, took five hundred and twenty-eight people with them. Um, there was uh, were, were the favourites and and they made that tell. The there was a song
1: that was made popular, especially in twi- on Twitter, uh, "Soy Sabalero," which mm. of course sabaleros are the supporters of Cologne because of the big amount of people there are crowd uh, attending the, the Nueva Osha, the, the stadium, which was also crowded but with water. <laughs> uh, yes. um, and uh, apparently what Rolf von Ofra said, because he was there, um, uh, that Gian Infantino, the FIFA president, couldn't believe the the, the massive, uh, well, of course, supporting of, of the supporters of Cologne which is understandable because of the first ever final, as you have said. We, it, it was not that uh, a, mir- a miracle or something we, we uh, couldn't have expected. Uh, apart, I think from Santa Fe to Asuncion is, I think, 800 kilometers, width, which is yeah. not a huge distance uh, to go, by, even by car. Um, but uh, so, yes, it was a colorful uh, and, uh, well, of course, rainy final. Um, and uh, yes unfortunately for cologne um, the, the 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 final taste is bitter even when they they of course they must be proud of their of them of their team and and the the, the fact that they have reached a final uh, which in this these times is hard is difficult to find you yeah. you you want to win you want to especially when you reach to a final and you think you won't ever reach to another final. Or it will be very very difficult to 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 play another one, uh, and you and you lose it, and you are happy anyway. Uh, of course, happy. Not uh, at the moment it, it was sad sadness, uh, but the players, for example, didn't uh, take uh, uh, off their their medals, their second uh, uh, position or their runners-up medals. Uh, so there, everything was gra- was great there. Uh, Except for the result, of course.
0: Yeah, and the fact that, as, as you hint, the pitch got quite heavily rained on. The rainstorm was passing over us, on a thunderstorm, in fact. Um, and the heavens opened, more or less, when the referee began the game. Um, the game had to be postponed 30, 28 or 30 minutes in or something. Um, they called it off and they didn't play for 45 minutes and then they restarted. Um, a few minutes before that postponement, Luis Fernando León, in the middle of an absolute downpour Had uh, I think it was a header wasn't it the opener, yes. Had headed Independiente del Valle Into the lead uh, Very shortly after the game got restarted Jean Sanchez Doubled that lead So Independiente del Valle went in 2-0 up at the break And having really had you know The, the, the lion's share um, Of the, the proper chances um, In the first half In the second half it was much more even Colón had spells on top, Independiente Independiente del Valle had spells on top. Colón got awarded a, frankly, ridiculous penalty um, about eight minutes into the second half, uh, which, when it was reviewed by VAR, everybody watching, I think, was just like, oh, well, he's, he's going to overturn his own decision here once he sees this. And the referee looked at it. And then awarded it anyway.
1: They didn't appear to to have I been. Mean, it looked looked look like the referee, which was the same as uh, Boca River second, the second. Oh, it was the same ref. Was yes, it? Oh. Uh, the, the the Brazilian Matheus. Uh, Matheus. Mm. I don't remember the the surname, but uh, yes, he was the the, the same referee. And uh, yes, it was. I think the first time that he was a penalty. The J- Rafael Klaus. Klaus. Sorry. Rafael, not no, not close to Matheus or Matheus, mm-hmm. um, but um, uh, I think it's the first time that the, at least in South America that the referee awards a, a, a penalty. And the bar calls him to verify whether it was or not a penalty because sometimes, or the, the, I think ninety percent of the bar, oh, the, the the bar uh, in which the bar uh, is used, uh, the referee doesn't see. A play or, or a penalty or red card, and the bar uh, calls him to say, "Look, there is a, something suspicious." Mm. In this case, it was the other the other way, and, yeah. but yes, he
0: he stood with the with his decision. There, there was, however, a degree of justice um, done because Luis Rodriguez took the penalty, and, and Jorge Pinos. Pinos, who was one of the very serious contenders, I think, for man of the match, in spite of Independiente del Valle by and large being the better team. Um, managed to save it Uh, so it remained 2-0 Colón did pull one back but it was a bit too late to make it interesting it was 89 minutes in and then during the 7 minutes of stoppage time they threw so many people forward um, that Christian Dajomi was able to who was another contender for Man of the Match by the way was able to run it into an ultimately empty net after uh, Leonardo Burrián came up ridiculously far way far out of his goal Um, and they were able to just dribble it past him and and pass it into an empty net to make it 3-1, the final score. So it's Independiente del Valle's first continental title. Uh, Lots of people were pointing out afterwards that they're now going for their first Ecuadorian league title, which is a project that they've not yet um, managed. It feels like it's coming. I mean, they're they're one of the best-run clubs on the continent, and and they've had this very long-term vision for years now. We've, We've spoken about it in passing, Obviously, because we're an Argentine football podcast, but but we have spoken about it in passing when they've reached the Libertadores final three years ago, was it twenty sixteen? It was them who lost to Grêmio, yes. wasn't it? I think no, it was Lanús who lost to Grêmio. That was two yes. years ago. Yeah. Independiente and Del Valle were in the the twenty sixteen final against Nacional. Atlético Nacional. Yes, that's Kormi. right. Yeah, well done. Um, which was was that two or three years ago?
1: That was three years ago In which they eliminated Boca and River Both
0: Right Good Okay We
1: were in the round of 16 And Boca in the semifinals
0: Yeah I'm just Yes right And Gremio The, the Gremio-Lanus final was it's 2017 Two years ago oh, no, no that was two years ago Yes No yes. No it was It was 2016 Because that, that was the year That River Lanus put River out in the semis No but it was 2017 When River had been the winners The previous year Really? Yes. Okay yes. I'm misremembering things Cool Anyway Congratulations Independiente del Valle um hard luck to Colon. Um and You you mentioned well, Pinos,
1: the one who mm.
0: uh saved the penalty and then after
1: the match there was a claim, I think of course something oh, that you yeah. you do and you lo- lost and, and if you won of course you don't uh, worry about that. Um that Pinos was not eligible for that match and, and, and they will go to the FIFA to of course the task that uh Thing that you do now, when when you think you can get something, hmm. but I think Colmebol or or whatever Colmebol, or, yes, I think they 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 were the ones who answered that, that to the claim that it
0: was yeah no Col- Colmebol have said that uh, everything was above board and that he was registered just fine. I think the idea was that he was still his former club claimed that the registration there was something wrong with the registration papers. Um, so Commonwealth are claiming that, that he was registered just fine in the match day squad, that there are no problems. Um, but obviously the system regarding the reg- registration papers is run through FIFA's TMS system, which is what um, Colon and this former club, whose name I forget, um, are going to appeal to. Uh, but it's not going to affect the, the results, no. basically. And one of interesting thing as well about this uh, is that Miguel Ángel Ramírez... Do you know who he is? Independiente del Valle's manager... Um, it's a Spanish bloke oh. whose previous jobs included have included the Aspire Academy in Cuata. He's about my age. He's like 35 or 36 or something. Um, he's, he, he's managed at the Aspire Academy in, in Cuata and then at a couple of like under-23 sides in the Canary Islands or something before before Independiente del Valle. So they're the first proper first-team job that he's had. Um, and, of course, the fact that he won has won the Sudamericana opens up the intriguing possibility of two Europeans winning South America's two biggest cup competitions. I yes, Of a course you league. do, yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, facing River Plate are going to be George Jesus' um, Flamengo uh, a week on Saturday. So that's that's an interesting little uh, wrinkle for you as well. Um, moving on to the Superliga, obviously Colón didn't play at uh, the weekend because we're not England. <laughs> we're not going to make you play an international game and the club game on the same weekend, Liverpool. Um, same as River
1: this weekend, uh, in which they will have their match postponed against Independiente, I think they will be playing in January. Uh, because yeah. e- even when there will be still one week to go to the to, to the final, uh, I think Conmebol uh, demands the teams to go there three days before the final mm-hmm. uh, actual place. is played yeah. to make the promotions, I think, and then, well... Uh,
0: and to train have yeah, some I think training. from the team's point of view, it makes sense as well. Anyway, of doesn't course, it? Yes. Um, there were eleven games that were played in the Superliga, and they went: Estudiantes one, Tacheres nil in Estudiantes' last home game in the Ciudad de la Plata. Um, that's the Estadio Ciudad de la Plata. It's certainly not the last home game in the city of La Plata. Unión de Santa Fe nil, Atlético Tucumán one, Lanús nil, Banfield one. San Lorenzo, three, Argentinos Juniors, nil. You need to listen to some of these scores and you can work out what it's going to mean if you've not already heard Hand of Pod Extra. Godoy Cruz, one, Independiente, two. Central Córdoba, three, Patronato, two. Riber, nil, Rosario Central, one. Aldo Sibi, nil, Gimnasia, three. Newells, two, y Justicia, nil. Racing, one, Huracán, nil. And Vélez, nil, Boca, nil. Now, if you were listening very carefully and if you had a good idea of the league table in your head as I was going through those, you will have noticed that all of the top four going into the weekend, that is Argentinos, Lanús, River and Boca, they all failed to win and three of them lost their matches. Um, Only Boca picked up any points at all. Those changes altogether um, mean that, so first of all, Lanús losing the Clásico against Banfield was was the big news and then Argentinos got thumped by San Lorenzo I don't know where that came from San Lorenzo's first half performance was excellent um, I think the, the the one who scored the goal for Anfield it was, I think it was the first and
1: last goal that, the, that the, he scored against the, the arch rivals Yeah, as they have he has been bought by, signed by Inter Miami the, the team founded by David Beckham uh, oh really? yeah and he ben will Karenza.
0: It's the former River. 19 years old. Oh, I didn't know this. Wow. Well, um, but, yeah, the, so the effect of of the San Lorenzo getting such a big win over Argentinos was that in spite of having lost a couple of hours previously, Lanús actually leapfrogged Argentinos in the table. They went top on goal difference. Um, River then obviously could have gone two points clear, but lost to Central, meaning that they stayed in third. ...on goal difference, and then a few hours after that... Boca played and drew with Belis, ...which means that now they have gone... ...top of the table on goal difference... ...Lanusa second, exactly where they started... ...the the last weekend, just they're behind... Boca instead of behind Argentinos... Um, ...Argentinos a third... ...all those three teams have 25 points... ...River a fourth on 24 points... ...and Racing have joined River... ...thanks to that win over Huracán... ...also on 24 points, so we have a top five... ...currently separated by a single point... Um, you can go all the way down to ninth place, and you have only a, you have a gap of sorry eighth place, and you have a gap of three points between first place Boca and eighth place Atlético Tucuman, and the two teams immediately below Atlético Tucuman, and Newell's and Independiente, who, as I told and the Pod Extra listeners already this week, have a game in hand against each other. So one of them at least has to gain at least one point, and, and the therefore is- in effect, what we've got is the top nine all three points apart. And Estudiantes is fifth now or sixth? Estudiantes are currently seventh well, but, but they are level on points with Beles who are sixth well. and with Atletico Tucumán who are eighth. Those three teams are also only, uh, only separated on goal difference.
1: Three matches ago uh, Gabriel Milito was with one foot out of Estudiantes and no one, mm. nobody cared uh, about the new stadium and now they are celebrating that they have recovered quite I, 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 I think they, they have just won three matches in a row and and of course celebrating the new
0: stadium in which they will play since next round yeah yeah they will Uh, it's four matches in a row in fact they went out of the Copa Argentina to Central Córdoba and since then they've claimed a league win over Central Córdoba in the very next game and then they've beaten Rosario Central obviously Gimnasia in the Clásico um, and now Tacheres uh, it was a I guess what you could call a classic Estudiantes ball game against Tacheres the opening game of the weekend they went 1-0 up after 2 minutes and then they just sort of held Tacheres and at bay Castro was the, the the color because he was offside uh, it was it was indeed yeah Manuel Castro uh,
1: he was and yes quite offside mm. and, and well of course the uh, the goal was
0: awarded anyway. and We don't have VAR in the Super League, yes, I remember. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, so, the big news, obviously, for Estudiantes this weekend, though, was the unveiling of the new stadium. It was very spectacular. You probably, or, well, you might have seen the video of the flaming lion running yes. around the arena. Uh, if you were in the stadium at the time, then you wouldn't have seen it because. It was a projection. Yeah. Uh, unlike a lot of uh, um, the reports. Saying, "Oh, there is a lion." Yeah, th- th- there was a hologram. It wasn't a hologram. It was a virtual reality thing. So I don't know whether people could see it on their mobile. Anyway, phone it was that, something not very
1: was. commonly
0: seen here. No, it was. Um, it, it was on TV. Basically, it was done for the cameras. Uh, but congratulations, Estudiantes! And as Andres says, they're going to be playing in their own stadium. Are they at home this coming weekend as well? <coughs> they are. They're away to Colón. Not this coming weekend. Sorry, this is an international break, isn't it? But you know what I mean. Uh, they're away to Colón in a week and a half's time. Um, and then after that, they will be at home to Atletico Tucumán on the 30th of November. That will be their first game in the Hirsi, uh which is the name of the new stadium. So congratulations, to Estudiantes fans. And unlucky listener Lee, who left Argentina two days too early to get along to that opening event.
1: Oh, you, you mentioned that uh, there will be an international break and I, I mentioned that uh, River wouldn't play because they will be in the uh, final
0: of the Copa Libertadores mm. but it won't be because of that. It will, it will be because of the... Well, no, it will because the, nobody's playing this weekend. This weekend is the international yes, break. That's why The yes. following weekend, River aren't going to be playing that's why everybody else does. Yes,
1: but this weekend is not because
0: of that but because no. of the international break. Indeed, yeah, yeah, yes. that's right. Um, Argentina played Brazil on Friday it's afternoon out of time. I guess Tomorrow, it's the evening where it's, it's being played Argentina, in Riyadh, isn't it? Yeah. Um so we will be talking about that briefly after the half time whistle. Uh Julian Carranza, as we said, scored the only goal for Banfield against Lanus. I think overall it was a deserved win for, for Banfield. It was it was pretty even. Lanus had the better of the first half, Banfield had the better of the second half. They missed. Well, a, great... No, sorry, I've got that the wrong way around. Banfield had just about the better of the first half, and Lanús had the better of the yes. of the second. Um, but they couldn't get enough stuff on target. It was just there were no proper chances. Really, that Lanús were creating.
1: Perhaps it wasn't the the, the uh, quality of play that Lanús have been playing recently. Uh, their form wasn't the best, but uh, they have even so they had big opportunities to score, and they couldn't uh, missing goals that you say. Uh, it's harder to miss them or to mm. not to convert uh, to, to 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 score them than not uh, to score them. So uh, it was incredible, but well, but for Anfield was a way of uh, stopping Lanus' great uh, strike of, of 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 triumphs and of victories just when Phil is going yeah, or has left.
0: Yes, yeah, Phil. Um, it was. Uh, I think Phil left two days later, so it was at that game, and then he and then he left. Um, San Lorenzo the Lanusa also by the way since we mentioned the Copa Argentina semi-finals taking place uh, they've fallen 1-0 behind to Central Córdoba uh, who therefore are on in line uh, for a first Copa Argentina final um, I, think, I think they've been in the semis before haven't they or is that Estudiantes de Buenos Aires have been in the semis before could be that the 21 series uh, had already won, defeated River in
1: 2013, yes. Copa Argentina, but don't remember whether they reached semi-finals or not. At
0: right. Well, rate, Lanusa currently 1-0 yes. down uh, with 25 minutes to go, so we'll keep you updated on that one.
1: If the, what I heard is that if well, if the score, is uh, uh, the, the match ends, ends like this, and then River wins, uh, the Flam- uh, defeats Flamengo, uh, Central Córdoba will be playing Copa Libertadores 2020.
0: I right, because they'll automatically take the yes. Copa Argentina place regardless of who actually wins the Copa Argentina. Yes. Um, in the other game involving a title hopeful, as we said, San Lorenzo managed a shocking 3-0 win. They roared in, in fact, into a 3-0 half-time lead against Argentinos. Gonzalo Rodriguez, Adolfo Gaich and Angel Romero with a penalty scored the goals for a lead really that I thought San Lorenzo thoroughly deserved, in spite of the fact that Argentinos were on top for large parts of the first half. San Lorenzo just counterattacked them into oblivion. And then in the second half, it was just, well, go them then play through us. And they couldn't. Um, it was a, quite a flat-looking Argentino side. And it put me in mind of what we said last week about how they they, uh, they were getting where they were getting through an overperforming defence. And something... It was going to be difficult for Argentinos to hold on and, and to keep yes. the rest of the title pack we, at bay for this long. We um, said that. I but wasn't expecting San Lorenzo yes. to score three against them. Yes.
1: We said that, but what we didn't expect is that also uh, River would li- lose and <clears> Lanús. Well, Lanús and River, uh, both uh, home being playing home against well Banfield and Rosario Central respectively, yeah. will, will lose both of them because uh, for Argentinos it's no surprise, I think, and in the case of San Lorenzo. Uh, uh, the same I think happens with Independiente. Uh, uh, the change of, of, of managers uh, give oxy, uh, some air uh, and sure. uh, new players or players that haven't been playing before, um, like Gaich. You, you mentioned Gaich as one of the scorers, and also while well, Gonzalo Rodriguez, another player that was quite. I think uh, I don't say if the first match he played for the in the season, but. Uh, if he if he if he didn't he didn't play a lot of matches, and yes, uh, in the case of Gonzalo Rodriguez it's because um, um, Coloccini has has been sent off, I think, in the yeah. previous match, that made him uh, be uh, well had the possibility to play, and yes, incredibly or not so incredibly, but the uh, uh, San Independiente have these things: that the coaches that go away, that that, that resign and. The following matches, they look like other team, like some other, uh, very, very different team than they were.
0: Yeah, indeed. It'll be interesting to see what San Lorenzo do next. Um, Monarys,
1: sorry. monaris has been confirmed as the coach until the end of the year. Yeah, it's the end of the, the
0: year, year, isn't yeah, it, yeah, the end yes. of the season. So Which is a couple of matches. Or something, yes. yeah. um, River against Central is one of the most one-sided 1-0 uh defeats you will see River were on top throughout, but Lucas Gamba in the first minute of the second half took advantage of a slip up from it was Martinez Cuarto, wasn't it? Yes. Like the um, yeah. And uh and stabbed Central one nil ahead and it was a lead that they managed to hold on to, meaning that Diego Coca now, I think is is it three wins and one draw against Marcelo Gachardo with no defeats? Don't Something remember like that? The, or the Two idea. and two or he's unbeaten against him in like huh. four matches anyway. Um, and meaning that River had to had to settle for that. They struggled to get shots on target. They struggled to really get yeah, many shots. I, in I the remember the the, the
1: the tournament that Racing won uh, with Diego Coca. That uh, I think Rio was playing the Sudamericana and, and 2014. Yes, and and they and Rocha uh, chose uh, a reserves team, mm. and well, they lost to Racing, and I think it was uh, with Coca in the bench.
0: Yeah. Yes it was Yeah, um, But yeah so River um, Slumped to defeat But of course for Central, it's huge Because Central are down in the relegation conversation So massive three points for them um, and, and well done yes. to them And I thought of the four Top four dropping points The least surprising Was that Boca were held 0-0 by Veles Veles yes. have improved obviously we've talked about this quite a bit Over the last 12 months They've improved a lot from where they were a couple of years ago when they were playing absolutely dire stuff. Young team, but they're very well disciplined. Gabriel Haynes has them playing good football. Um, And I wasn't particularly surprised that that they got a draw against Boca. Um, It was a little, I guess, in the context of having seen the three teams above Boca all lose, a part of me thought, Boca are going to come out really pumped for this. They know that a win will take them top of the table and they'll find a way of getting it. So from that respect, I, I suppose it was a little, maybe arguably, surprising. Um, but really it was a pretty even match it was end to end at times and not so end to end at other times there were, there were sort of patches of, of quite exciting play Previously I thought that Boca would play more defensively as as, as it happened against River
1: that uh, with Velez is a team that plays similarly uh, that uh, takes the ball a lot of or the most of the time and, and they were home uh, and when Boca plays away it's like they... They tried to wait the the, the other team and, and not attack massively, mm. uh, but yeah, they had their chances in a match that was there was too much talking, especially with between the, Vélez supporters and, and Mauro Zarate, uh, who continued to call him a betrayer. Uh, and Mauro Arate, well, it's like uh, I don't I don't know whether he has something in his head, but well, uh, he has forgotten that he played for Vélez a lot of time, and uh, all of the match was with. Constantly watching what happened between Vélez, uh, the crowds and the crowd and and, and and Sarate. If Sarate scored a goal, what, what, how will he celebrate? Taking into account that he celebrated it in a bad way against Lanús, for example. Yeah. Uh, even yeah. when he didn't play against Lanús before, but uh, he has these these reactions. And the match was yes, I think it was had, both uh, teams had their their chances, but uh, Boca was more aggressive than I thought. And, and yes got that new nil that uh, uh, put them into the into the leadership but they could have even be alone along there as a same same as River if they had won
0: yeah exactly um so it was uh mildly surprising but not shocking uh, that that Bocca dropped those points um yeah Sarate I thought was just distracted throughout I wasn't that impressed with with how we played um Reynoso was good, the rest of the midfield eh, a bit less so, and Frank Fabra got sent off. Yes,
1: um, just when I, th- I I said that he was better than yeah. Manuel Mas, he had sent off. And then, there, there were lots
0: of people sent yes. off. This, in fairness, this weekend in the Superliga. But
1: with um, uh, Boca I think it was it was comprehensively
0: uh,
1: uh, uh, as as I said, it was a talk a match with a lot of talking. That there were, I think, six uh, bookings each. For each team, mm. uh, or, or so, uh, it was a lot of players with the yellow card. Let's see. Um, and yes, Fabra wasn't off, and um, uh, yes, and, and I think Almendra was. I, I was, I, I almost forgot that Almendra again was, I think, the best man for Boca, uh, being a
0: quite dynamic, dynamic midfielder. Uh, Boca won the yellow card count six four if we include both oh. of Fabra's yellow cards. Ah. Uh, so yeah it, it was it was bad tempered though you're right it, it was uh, bitty as Vélez Boca has been in the past as well in recent seasons um, apparently by the way that was the first time that Fernando Gago has played against Boca I oh. think he, he was either an unused sub or he was injured or suspended when Vélez played Boca in his previous spells with the club uh, but he was a substitution he came on with oh it wasn't a substitution what am I talking about he was in the starting line that wasn't he um, yeah of course he was and he played the whole 90 minutes for some reason I thought he'd come on as a second half sub uh, but yeah there we go um, Racing got a 1-0 win over Huracan who were, were responsible for not one but two of the red cards that we saw uh, this weekend Carlos Araujo uh, got shown one of them for pushing over uh, Dario Spitanic and Lucas Merosha. Uh, then got shown one for yelling at the referee when a was sent off or something like that. It was all very confusing. I to think it was like exactly who was sent off for exactly. Also what, he pushed
1: the rival but he wasn't I think uh, uh deserved he didn't deserve the red card and and um Rapalini when in the in, in the moment thought that the uh, Mirosha was like going crazy and and he awarded a red card which I think it wasn't deserved. Uh but yes at that point the match was like uh, uh, even more, uh, like uh, uh, talked with that on Belis Boca and uh, yeah but uh, the Araujo the Araujo action was really incredible uh, yeah. for a professional player to. Uh, but th- there is a player in the in the in the floor that has the ball in their, I think, between their legs, and you go and 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 try to get the, the ball there. It's really.
0: Yeah, uh, and the upshot of it was yeah. that he ended up just stamping on Svitanić's groin Basically, it, it looked really painful um, and it was yes. it, it was obviously stupid as well when he went in for it, you were like that's not going to end well and it didn't mm. uh, Nicolás Regnero scored the only goal of that game um, in the relegation doldrums we're not going to go into much detail or in, indeed any detail because I want this to be a relatively short episode but Gimnasia's win Rosario Central's win and um, the fact that Ignacio's win came over Aldo Civi, um, of course, and those were combined with... I'm just trying to remember who else is down there. Godoy Cruz lost to Independiente. Central Córdoba got a big win for them, and it was against Patronato de Paraná. Um, and what that all means, as he realises that the app he's looking at is the one that doesn't have the relegation table on and frantically starts to open the other one, is that... Wait for it. Gymnasia still bottom of the table, okay but they can be lifted off the bottom of the table if they win and Aldorcibi don't. I think next weekend that that will happen. Um, I think that if 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 win and Aldo win an don't next weekend, then gymnasia will go above Civi. I might be mistaken because they've not played the same number of games, so we're dividing by different different numbers by different numbers. Um, Patronato losing and Central winning and Banfield winning means that there is now a five point gap so you remember before we were talking about 21st and 22nd for several weeks near the start of the season potentially having to play off to, to break a tie uh, well that's no longer the case there's now five points of daylight so the relegation zone is Gimnasia, Aldo Sibi and Patronato there's then a five point gap um, and Rosario Central and Banfield have 77 points each as do Colón but of course they've got a the game in hand because of being involved in the Sudamericana final just now Um, Central Cordoba with that win lifted up considerably they've only played 13 games remember Um, and I'm still going to say that for the moment Newell's uh, potentially in danger 79 points they're only 7 points ahead of Patronato Uh, there's then a big gap though Estudiantes are another 9 points up there on 87 and they're the next team up so Estudiantes ought to be safe Um, but that's how the relegation table is looking we're going to take a half time break now this is a deliberately shorter episode because We've got quite a lot of recording to do this evening. Um, When we come back after this break, we will talk a little bit about the national team and we will answer some listeners' questions if we have had any. So don't go away. Argentina play Brazil in Riyadh. I think I'm right in saying Riyadh. Um, on Friday, as I said, it's at 2 o'clock Argentine time in the afternoon, which means if you're in the UK, it's going to be 5 pm. If you're on the eastern seaboard of the United States, it's going to be at midday. Um, and if you're anywhere else, then you can work it out from those times. Um, you're in the UK Friday, 5
1: pm. Yeah. It's- beer and, and watch Argentina play
0: well yeah if you can find a public showing it which might not be easy um, but I'm sure that you'll be able to find a stream of it somewhere maybe if you get home from work really early uh, anyway the team is is going to be an interesting one because Argentina Brazil in recent years has been they've, when they've actually played it's tended to be rather closer and obviously the most recent meeting was a particularly bad tempered one in the Copa America Yes, and the the friendly before the, the that
1: match was uh, all again uh, another victory for Brazil. In the I think it was uh, uh, in the last minute victory. Also with Schalke in the, the bench, and, and uh, for Copa America was harder uh, to nil. Mm. But yes, every every match, every new match uh, against the Argentina, Brazil is uh, a new story, and uh, in this case will be messy after their, their the the suspension the ban. Um, so yes, it's uh, great. Even when the match the the, the, the the team has been quite decently before Messi. Uh, without Messi, now with Messi again, again we will have uh, Argentina will have to readapt the, with the, with him in the in the in the pitch, of course.
0: Yeah, Lionel Scaloni sounds bullish, sounds optimistic. Uh, he says uh, Brazil are always dangerous, but we have come together more as a team. I think he means since they last played them. Um, and we know what we've got to do um, we kind of know what Argentina are going to try to do as well because they've, they've shown a clear progression in style in, the, in their matches this year really since the start of the Copa America when we were so surprised and impressed I think overall by how much they came together over the course of the tournament um, and there's only really one doubt about the starting eleven. Scaloni has refused to confirm it uh, but we basically know that the starting 11 is going to be Esteban Andrada and in goal, a back four of Juan Foyt at right back, Nicolas Ottamendi and Germán Petzela at centre back, and Nicolas Tagliafico at left back, a midfield three of Rodrigo de Paul, Leandro Paredes, and one of Marcos Acuna, Giovanni Locenzo, and uh, Lucas Ocampos. Ocampos. Um, that's that's the one doubt who who takes that left side of midfield role. And then up front, Lionel Messi and Sergio Agüero, either side of Lautaro Martinez. It's a pretty decent strike force. But Argentina have Field are pretty decent strike forces for a lot of the time over you know, the last fifteen the, years or so.
1: The only the only thing that surprised me is uh, the, the the option of Agüero instead of Alario who has been doing Quite great, impressive, hmm. uh, to be to be honest. And uh, we you know what the world can give. Of course, perhaps you want to see how he is or how he his form in the Manchester City is always great. I think. Yeah. Uh, if he can really uh, do the effort for the national team and play the qualifiers, otherwise it won't be useful for him. Our for the national team, as Alario, as of course. It's more have to do with the future than with the present, and uh, the last uh, latest uh, friendlies have has proved that he could play in the national team. Of course, it, that's great for him for for Scaloni who called him up, and, and, and his performance was was great. Uh, but now he calls Aguero, Aguero again and 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 leaves Alary uh,
0: out. Mm. Yeah, um, it, it it's a weird one, isn't it? But I, I think. He always said during the last tour that this double-header that we've now got... In theory, double-header. And we'll get into what I say in theory in a couple of minutes. Um, but that this double-header that we've now got is, is his chance to start bringing the group together who are going to take on the World Cup qualifying campaign and next year's Copa America. So it's going to be interesting to see how permeable that remains. I mean, he has said um, today that Manu Icaridi is is always being looked at and has a chance of breaking in so clearly the door isn't completely shut to people who didn't get called up this time but yeah overall I agree I'm I'm slightly surprised that Alario's not been a little more in the conversation and I remain surprised and slightly dismayed from an Argentine point of view that Nicolás Otamendi is still (laughs) getting starts at the centre of defence I don't know how many times we've said it and I don't know how many times It's worth saying again, but each time it happens, we're going to mention it, at least.
1: Yes, Otamendi and, well, Rojo, who in this case isn't isn't in the Uh, starting lineup, are are one of the historic players that uh, I think that there is uh, is no one who says uh, that he deserves to be there. So, yes, it's strange, but he sticks with them, uh, in this case Otamendi, I, I think he, he thinks that there ha- must be uh, an experiment, uh, a, 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 a defender with uh, experience even when his performance for national team hasn't been great. Hmm. But uh, not to put two youngsters, but, uh, but Petzela is not a youngster, it's Foyt the, the kid in this case. Uh, Petzela has also been uh, playing a quite a lot of time in,
0: in Europe in Italy especially uh, but yes he sticks with them yeah it's str- I, I guess i don't know whether it's strange I, I can see why a coach would want to stick with an older player especially in a defensive role as a kind of safety blanket but i just i'm not convinced that Otamendi is is worth doing that for um The reason that I said that this is in theory a double-header is that Argentina's second friendly is currently scheduled to take place in the late-ish afternoon. It must be quite late over there because it's kicking off at like quarter to five our time, I think, if I remember rightly, uh, against Uruguay in Tel Aviv. So you might remember that last year, prior to the World Cup, the players... um, after seeing some protests in, in the training camp in Barcelona from uh, Palestinian um, groups said to the AFA, look we, we're not going to play in Israel we're not happy about our safety and, and so on and I guess they're also thinking about their, their images as well um, I can only assume that when they called that match off I can't remember who it was going to be against um, it wasn't against Israel was it?
1: No I don't think so
0: but I can only assume that when they called that match off they they said look We'll come back and we'll play another friendly in Israel at some point, uh, as soon as possible. Um, That's the only reason that I can think of for playing in Riyadh and then playing in Tel Aviv. Um, And at the moment, there are, similarly, uh, groups protesting this game taking place in Tel Aviv. Um, So, as we record, it's unknown whether Argentina-Uruguay will indeed happen on Monday afternoon. Um, Watch this space. Basically,
1: yes. There was. A, a, I think that uh, it ended up some time ago, but uh, there was a tradition of kabbalah for Argentina to play before World Cups uh, against Israel in Israel. Uh-huh. Uh, but then, it, well, Argentina isn't winning anything since 1993. So uh, they they told they they could realize that there was nothing to do with the kabbalah because the results weren't good. Uh, but this time the, 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 the rival will, will be Uruguay But yes, as you said it's, it's uncertain whether the match will actually be played or not
0: Yeah, um, we'll have to wait and see Obviously we're not going to review these matches next week Because we're going to record next week's episode in a few minutes' time So we're not going to be able to um, but, but our previews for Brazil and Uruguay if it takes place I'm looking forward to them I don't know how much of Monday's game I'm going to be able to see because I'll be one and truly on holiday by that point um, but I'm looking forward to Argentina-Brazil tomorrow I think they should be I mean as much as I ever look forward to an international friendly um, I think they should be fairly interesting it'll yes. be good to see whether Argentina's the progress that we think that they have made since the Copa America is demonstrated against you know two of the opponents who they played in the Copa they did play Uruguay didn't they I'm not making no. Oh, no No they didn't What am I talking about Against one of the opponents That, <laughs> that they played um, in, in in the Copa America um, And indeed the team Who went on to win it so But if in the past There were uh, uh, Friendlies That you Wondered uh, What is this
1: for Morocco, for example, or, yeah. or Singapore, I think it was in the... one. Sampaoli was in the bench. Yeah. In this case, it's great, uh, friendly against Brazil and Uruguay. Yeah, exactly. I mean,
0: you, you can you can learn something from those yeah. matches, whatever the result is, can't you? In, in a way that you can't if you're sticking seven or eight goals past Singapore or whoever, or Hong Kong um, or or whoever. Uh, the under-23s have also been in action... They were, the last I saw, they were 6-0 up after 36 minutes against the Canary Islands under 23. I have to admit that I then forgot about that game, because the Copa Argentina semi-final was on TSA Sports, and so I turned over to that. Um, I don't know how it finished. Do you? Me neither, yeah. No. no? Should we Google it? Yes. Argentina under 23. Uh, Argentina under 23, as I actually just typed... Um, they're, oh, they're not just showing the bloody up. Let's try versus Canary Islands. This is, I was expecting a live score to pop up there, but it hasn't done. Hopefully, clicking this will give me the score. Let's see. Oh, bloody hell, 14-0. Uh, goals from Agustin, from Leandro Ballerdi, Matias Vargas, Adolfo Gaich, Ezequiel Barco with a penalty, Adolfo Gaich, Adolfo Gaich, Matias Saracho. Valentin Castellanos Valentin Castellanos Fernando Valenzuela Leonel Mosevic Fausto Vera Valentin Castellanos and Agustin Ursi um, get them a 14-0 win over Canary Islands in a competition that has been put together and is taking place in the Canary Islands I think um, to help a few teams warm up for the Olympic football tournament so Brazil are also involved in this and they were playing I think they must have been playing in the United States that rings a bell I, I caught the tail end of that game but I can't remember how it ended um, on the same channel um, so that's happening well done Argentina I guess 14. you can't really say very much about 14 apart from well done can you are, any, any, any team in
1: history scored 14 goals
0: oh yeah yes? yeah it's been done at full international level there's a famous uh, World Cup yes. well, uh, yes, at qualifier level. with Australia playing American Samoa or something where one of the players scored like three hat-tricks in a oh. some ridiculously high 16 nil or, or something like that. Um, so it has been done. But, yeah, I mean, this is what happens when you get actually a relatively good um, Argentina youth team playing a, a clearly not especially good Canary Islands youth team. Um, so hard luck Canary Islands. We have one listener's question, which is good because we wanted to keep this fairly short. So, Wayward from Haywood says... How real is this talk of Bocker Stadium renovation? I have seen two different mock ups and both would require the acquisition of neighbouring real estate. Thanks.
1: Well, uh, every time there are elections uh, it is this is something talked or it is a subject that uh, candidates try to talk about to attract of course the 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 the, 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 socios, the members, uh, to vote them but uh, certain there's nothing certain or or that will happen for sure, mm. as as has been discussing at Boca at the, at, about the uh, making Monumenta bigger. There is something that has still happened didn't happen, and and, and will uh, be will need to to happen to to make it real, which is the uh, to buy the the houses that are close to the to the to the stadium. And uh, Amora Meal, Jorge Amora Meal, one of the candidates. And the main uh, candidates for the opposition to, to the to the Angelici party uh, headed in with who whose president or candidate will be Grivaldo Christian Gribaldo the secretary, actual secretary, uh, has uh, said that he has been talking with with the, or, or at least or at least he knows that the neighbors are are uh, willing to to sell their 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 houses. Okay. In the eighty percent, which is. I was under the impression they weren't. But uh, that they 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 will be uh, of course they they don't like the idea but uh, uh, they will do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, if this happens, that uh, that uh, re- re- restyling of the Monreal will be possible. Uh, um. Uh, uh, for in one from in one hand there was uh, a rumor that there will be shopping inside the stadium, but uh, Amear has said that uh, if he's the president. That will happen because the making uh, building a shopping inside the stadium will make the 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 hum- the humble associates or, or the ones who doesn't have a lot of money. He, for he says that they won't go to the stadium anymore. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's something talking, but I think that real or or, or, or or something that you you will say yes, this is it. Well, I don't. Think there isn't.
0: Yeah, and it's also worth remembering that a plan along these lines has been talked about for. Decades, I think. Um, the 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 stadium that the stand, sorry, that you see opposite the television cameras in the Bombonera, uh, for those who've not been to Buenos Aires, is obviously, you know, as as you can probably guess, if you look at it, uh, it it backs onto uh, some houses right across a very narrow road, which is why Boca couldn't build a, a proper stand there. Um, and there has been talk for absolutely years and years and years about how they can get around this and, and make. Uh, one of the projects is called Bombonera 360, uh, so make the Bombonera 360 degree stadium. Um, the other one is called the Slovenian project, um, and those are which is a reference to the, the fact that the, the original architect of the Bombonera was Slovenian. Um, and they both involve, as as wayward from Hayward says, basically buying up the two or three blocks of of uh, real estate behind, but which in, include some ridiculously high, like five hundred. Houses or flats or something like that. Um, so it's obviously a complicated operation. I think it's probably about as real as the constant talk about River. Uh, you know, Donofrio saying, "Oh, we're going to stick a roof on the Monumental and take the take the stands right down to pitch side, yeah. get rid of the running track, the and, dollar, or build a new Monumental." It's not going to happen.
1: There are issues. Is, it's so big to stop any any, yeah. any project and, and, and anything that. Could be said now it, it is not real or, or at least it's very very difficult to, to realize or to make it real. Uh, uh, of course you could, you could say yes I want to uh, make a monumental some uh, fixes or some some things for more people to be a- a- allowed to go to the stadium, make it bigger. But uh, the, the the possibilities here uh, right now aren't real because of the dollar. Yeah, as I as I said. Uh, as as it's higher right now, very high, and and uh, has just said that they will need to sell a player to ha- have the finances uh, in order. So if you say that, it means that you can't think of of putting a roof or uh, uh, building a new stadium or uh, making the actual stadium bigger or or or, or So it's. I think Boca is perhaps better uh, I, in financial terms, but uh, uh, I, I, I will say that is, uh, you have to see it to believe it anyway.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um, and, and I will believe it when I see it. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, I, I, I can't imagine it actually happening, even though it, it would look lovely. Um, thank you for the question. That's all we have. And we're now going to... Uh, get off this was a deliberately shortened episode because we're we're we've we've got another episode which is also going to be quite short um to record previewing the Copa Libertadores final thank you very much for listening please get over to fntz.co slash h-o-p and use the discount code h-o-p-f-z for 20% off your first three months with fanatis and support the show get over to patreon.com slash handofpod for lots and lots of extra content so that you can give us some money for that as well um And you'll be hearing from us again next week. Remember to keep an eye on your RSS feeds and and on the SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash handapod, rather than on handapod.wordpress.com for next week's episode, um, because I'm not going to have my computer, so it won't go up on WordPress until I'm back from my holiday, when I will put it up for completion's sake and publish it there. Uh, But the audio will still appear in your podcast subscription program whether you use iTunes or Spotify or SoundCloud or Deezer or actually I don't know whether we're on Deezer so if we can scrap that, Stitcher whatever other ones we're on, I can't remember Um, we will be back in your ears before very long and we will be talking even before that because we're about to record it but for now, thank you very much indeed for listening and enjoy the international weekend from Andres, thank you goodbye and from me, thanks and goodbye Two Copa Argentina games to tell you about uh, from this evening. Uh, I forgot to mention, it did finish while we were still recording uh, tonight's episode, uh, but I forgot to mention that Central Córdoba de Santiago del Estero eventually saw out a 1-0 win over Lanús to become the first finalist of the Copa Argentina. And just now, uh, River Plate have joined them in the showpiece. They had to dig very deep. They got goals... Right at the very end of each half, Javier Pinola stabbing home from a corner at the very end of the first half. And then Ezequiel Palacios finishing into an empty net from 30 yards after um, Estudiantes de Buenos Aires pushed everybody up for a corner uh, with what turned out to be the last kick of the game uh, to win 2-0. And therefore, the Copa Argentina final is River Plate against Central Córdoba de Santiago del Estero, and as Andres mentioned earlier, that means that if River win the Copa Libertadores, Central Córdoba de Santiago del Estero will take next year's um, Libertadores spot for Copa Argentina winners, regardless of what happens in the Copa Argentina final.